From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Thanks, Trevor. That's VK4BAT, Trevor Tay, who does all the station identifications that you hear here on National News and also on the local Q News in VK4. And a big welcome to everybody in VK4 up for the WIA AGM. Okay, it is the very first broadcast of the WIA year as we head into our 20th year of broadcasting national news across the internet, across RF and streaming in text on the World Wide Web. The ICT Business and Assets of Australasian Technology Service Company, AWA, Amalgamated Wireless Australasia, has been sold. Sold to Cabrini Health Limited, following the administration of the iconic AWA 105-year-old technological company back on February 26. Cabrini is a not-for-profit Catholic healthcare provider and has been involved in technology services since the late 1990s. AWA started off as a radio manufacturer and radio broadcaster, but has more recently been delivering technology services to major enterprises and governments, including Flight Centre, Hewlett-Packard, Dimension Data and the Department of Defence. Cabrini said it would preserve and continue to trade under the AWA name and brand. Why fly? Telstra has begun trialling the use of mobiles on planes, including the ability to deliver a broadband signal to aircraft that allows phone users to use 4G to browse the web, send and receive emails, make video calls, watch movies and download music and photos. The testing of the network on mock flights between Melbourne and Sydney has so far delivered speeds of up to 15 megabits per second. Special antennas have been erected on four phone towers between the two capitals to deliver broadband signals to passengers en route. Trials were conducted by using a twin propeller aircraft and also a Cessna Mustang jet that flew at the height of commercial flights, 30,000 feet. Testing is not yet extended to include sending and receiving text messages and making phone calls. Who listens to radio? K4 FSRB Toowoomba. VK3 VCE. VK3 LEW. VK2 was beautiful. VK2 was beautiful. VK7 Fox Golf Golf Tango. VK5 Lima Golf. VK7 November Hotel. WIA Board Talk and PR for Amateur Radio Expo deemed a successful activity. The Expo, held in April, harnessed WIA affiliates to showcase modern amateur radio and engage the community. Well done to those who took part. It had a publicity campaign with almost weekly VK1 WIA news items tied to PR education, website news, amateur radio coverage, club emails and a survey with recommendations. The aims were achieved. These were to mount a display station, attract and interact with the public, seek media coverage, lift the profile of PR among all radio amateurs and involve the busy WIA board of directors. About a dozen stations were dotted around VK2, 3, 4 and 5. Some were in parks, at electronics or hardware stores and in other public places. Each had a display poster and the popular WIA calling CQ brochures. New interest was found particularly with the Foundation licence and the likely revival of lapsed radio amateurs to a modern amateur radio world. New Ham Radio PR videos. One of the most common questions asked about our hobby is, 
what is amateur radio? Now, this could come from a friend or family member trying to work out what that big aerial farm in the garden is all about, or passers-by at the various ham radio field events that take place across the country. To try to help answer the question and to help bring new people into the hobby, Essex Ham in the UK produced a What is Amateur Radio video last year. That seven-minute feature was distributed online, played at club nights, used at a couple of public speaking events in the area and distributed on DVD. In response to some very positive feedback on these videos, new, shorter versions are now available. These will make excellent use at maker fairs and particularly in the raw stand at the June Rotary International World Conference being held in Sydney. Make sure you listen out for VI2R, Victor India 2, RAW. Guarding against manufactured interference sources. A problem for amateur radio in the urban and domestic environments is household devices that contain electronic control systems, which can contribute to the electronic smog and the ever-increasing noise floor. Gilbert Hughes, VK1GH, and Robert Milliken, VK1KRM, in their annual Standards Compliance, Interference and EMR report, has a vigilant watch on the commercial products that can impact on high frequencies and beyond. This WIA committee can test devices to assess their compliance with the relevant applicable standard with sufficient accuracy to determine whether it's compliant, borderline or not. All radio amateurs are encouraged to have devices tested for compliance, naturally with priority given to mass market consumer devices with a known potential for interference. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service. Not just what happens, but what matters. Whipping around VK, VK3, the recent meeting of the Homebrew Construction Group, amply demonstrated the value of test equipment pooling. With a theme of tuning and testing, group members were able to calibrate homebrew instruments, align filters, examine the spectrum of transmitters and gain some operational advice. Few of those present would have had the resources to achieve all these outcomes in their individual home workshops. Also on display in the show and tell segment were many projects, either completed or well advanced, demonstrating the diverse range of interests within the group. Now all are welcome. The Homebrew Constructor Group e-newsletter will be sent before the next meeting and that's being held Saturday, June the 7th at 2pm. The venue, Amateur Radio Victoria Rooms at 40G Victory Boulevard, Ashburton. VK4 and Mike's Morse Mania display. The TARC Weekly Newsletter has asked the question, do you really appreciate really well-preserved radio equipment? Mike, VK4MIK, certainly does and currently has one of the most extensive collections of Morse keys and heritage equipment in the country. He regularly arranges public displays of his collection. The next Mike's Morse Mania display will be happening at the Cardwell Telegraph Museum Friday 30 and Saturday 31 of May. And with such an extensive special display, museum volunteers will be extending the opening hours to let as many people as possible view 60 plus exquisitely restored Morse keys and other heritage radio gear. So if you're passing through Cardwell on May 30 or 31, do drop in and see the display and say g'day to Mike and the museum volunteers. What use is an F-call? In the past I've talked about the difference between the various types of amateur licence in Australia. The three main types in use today, in order of increasing privilege, are foundation, standard and advanced. The foundation licence, referred to as an F-call, since the first letter after the state number is the letter F, 
followed by three letters, is the beginner's license. It allows you to use up to 10 watts, use some bands, and basically disallows any digital modes, other than hand-keyed Morse. Other restrictions are that you only use commercially available radios, and you can only homebrew stuff outside the radio, power supplies, antennas, SWR meters, etc. The standard license, considered a step up from foundation, allows 100 watts, more bands and all digital modes. As a standard licensee, you can supervise another operator, run your radio under computer control and homebrew everything. The advanced license, the so-called pinnacle of amateur radio licensing in Australia, is identical to the standard license in many ways. You get access to 400 watts, can apply for a kilowatt license, use all amateur bands and apply for power to do earth-moon earth bounces. The education part of the advanced license is more onerous, some say considerably more so, than that of a standard call, but I'm not at the point where I can comment from personal experience about this. There is a natural progression from foundation to standard to advance, but the breakdown of amateur licenses in Australia seems to indicate that foundation licensees appear to be skipping the standard license in favour of the advanced one. I don't have historical data to comment either way, but time will no doubt tell. Why do you hold the license that you do? I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Now with international news, it's thanks to the IARU, RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, Amateur Radio Newsline and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm John, VK2JPM. Last weekend, radio amateurs across Europe were asked to help find geese. The Puy de Fou in western France is one of the most beautiful parks in the world, and Radio Amateurs France was contacted because the park's birds have gone missing. The birds, their geese, are equipped with beacons twerping on the 155 MHz VHF band. The hams were asked to try and track them down. Countries asked to listen included France, England, Netherlands, Germany, Belgium, Switzerland and Luxembourg. By the way, one wonders if our very own AM radio transmitters could be the cause for these birds winging it. Over the channel in the UK, it seems the popularity of stations such as Radio 5 Live could be causing migratory birds to lose their way, scientists have reported. Researchers have found that Robin's built-in compass is disturbed by electromagnetic noise emitted by AM radio transmitters. Migratory birds can sense the Earth's magnetic field and they use it as an inbuilt compass to help them fly in the right direction. Fans of Doctor Who and Radiophonics, Amateur Radio got a very brief mention in an article on how music for the British Doctor Who series was made using broadcast test equipment at the BBC Radiophonic Workshop. The story in the United Kingdom newspaper The Register, titled Delia and the Doctor, How to Cook Up a Tune for a Time Lord, among other things, describes the BBC's Wobulator, which was basically a beat-frequency oscillator used by hams to receive CW and SSB, and how it was used in the creation of this tune. 
And while in the UK, we often hear from G4NJH reading some of our international stories here. Well, the GB2RS podcast recordings read by Jeremy G4NJH are available from iTunes and The Lounge, the same sources as this VK1WIA broadcast, allowing the news to be heard on mobile devices and internet radios. The broadcast can also be heard by going to gb2rs.podbean.com from a PC or mobile device and use your favourite browser. The RSGB, in thanking Jeremy for his ongoing service to their society, reminds all worldwide that the archive in iTunes and on the website contains all the editions from the past two years. News on Intruder Watch. The latest issue of the IARU Region 1 Monitoring System newsletter reports on action by the Ofcom Baldock Monitoring Station against an intruder in the 10 MHz band. They report that Peter, HB9CET, found illegal fishery traffic on 10.123 kHz USB daily. RSGB Intruder Watch Coordinator Chris Cummings, G4BOH, asked Baldock for assistance and, as a result, the British Coast Guard contacted the offenders to tell them that their phone traffic was illegal. A few days later, the frequency was clean. And finally, the killer of eight, including a ham radio operator, pleads guilty. The Southern California man who killed eight people, including a ham radio operator who was sitting in his truck, has pleaded guilty to all charges. Amateur Radio Newsline's Joe Moel, K0OV, has the details. David Coet, N6DAC, was a star high school athlete who turned down college scholarships and NFL scouts so he could join the Navy and serve in Vietnam. He became a father of three who loved off-roading in his Land Rover. David was age 64 on October 12, 2011, when he was shot down in cold blood outside Salon Maritage in Seal Beach, California. He was the last of eight persons killed by 44-year-old Scott DeCry, a man enraged by a custody dispute with his wife, who was the first of the victims. DeCry, who was heavily armed and wearing a bulletproof vest, says he shot N6DAC because he thought he was an off-duty or undercover officer. After Decry and Decry still faces eight life sentences without the possibility of parole if the judge rules out the death penalty. Hams in Canada will soon have access to the 472 to 479 kilohertz band. This with the release of the new Canadian table of frequency allocations by telecommunications regulator Industry Canada. Radio Amateurs of Canada says that its 0 to 30 megahertz band planning committee will be proposing a suitable band plan to enable best use of this new, very narrow band. Canadian hams with comments and suggestions can send them to the committee via email to rachq at rac.ca. Canadian amateur operators have recently secured two new segments of spectrum thanks to the hard work of their national society. The 60-meter band channels were made official a few months ago as well. The FunCube team have received confirmation that UCube 1, which is hosting the FunCube 2 payload, remains scheduled for a Soyuz launch on the 19th of June. The team do not as yet have any lift-off times or orbital data for this launch, but will make these available as soon as possible. It's believed that immediately after deployment and activation, UK, UK UBE, uh, UK Tube 1 will commence transmitting a CW beacon and that this will be later followed by an AX25 1.2 kilo uh, BPSK beacon. Both beacons will be on 145.840 megahertz. 
The FunCube 2 payload, with its telemetry downlink for educational outreach, is expected to be tested later. The RSGB is organising a get-together for its young members. The event will take place on the weekend of the 19th and 20th of July in Wolverhampton and will link up with the Youngsters on the Air event in Finland. The Society is therefore calling this Yota UK. The plan is to have a mini-convention on the Saturday with activities linked to SOTA, Aerial Building, Satellite Operating, Receiver Building, Intermediate Practical Work, a Special Event Station and a Barbecue. We also have a direction-finding event planned for the Sunday and a further opportunity to operate the Special Event Station. The Society would like to see as many uh, uh, young members in attendance as possible and hope to make Yota UK an annual event. Something new called spin waves could make electronics 1,000 times more efficient than current machines. This by using magnetic materials to control the passage of electrons through transistor switches. Here's Amateur Radio Newsline's Heather Emby, KB3TZD. As computers become more advanced, the silicon chips that house the small switches that make up logic gates used to perform computing functions get smaller and smaller. As the chips and switches get smaller and more are squeezed closer together, it gets harder to keep the electrons flowing where they need to without jumping to other components. Now researchers at UCLA found that by introducing multifarotic magnetic materials, they created a switch that could be turned on or off simply by applying alternating voltage. This creates an oscillating electric field within a piezoelectric material, which generates spin waves that induct it along with nickel film. These steps caused power to move through the material in a wave that matches the oscillation frequency of the electromagnetic field called a spin wave bus. The difference between using spin waves to carry electrons and letting them flow naturally is similar to the difference between a river and a wave. By powering future devices by varying the amounts of voltage used, less power is used overall by virtue of the low voltage part of the wave. At the same time, the leaking transistor problem is solved, eliminating wasted power and allowing for the potential that spin waves could make electronics 1,000 times more efficient in the future. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Heather Emby, KB3TZD reporting. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline and the RSGB. The MP3s you can find on the web at the link on www.rsgb.org. I'm Jeremy Boots, G4NJH, and you're tuned to VK1WIA. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In northeast New South Wales, it's relayed on linked repeaters Lismore 146.800 and Byron Bay 146.625 at 9am Sunday. From the Summerland Amateur Radio Club, I'm Chris, VK2 LCD. Do you have space for space in the shack? A story from our weird and wonderful files is that of a conversation piece for the ham shack an Apollo-era mission control console that's up for auction. You're in luck. RR Auctions is putting hundreds of items up for bid as part of an auction of air and space memorabilia. The sale catalogue includes letters from the Wright brothers, bits of a Wright flyer, a fragment of the Hindenburg. There's medallions, maps, charts and publications. The auction house says the Space and Aviation auction includes a wide array of aerospace collectibles and memorabilia, some of which have never been put on public sale before. 
Now, the Space and Aviation auction takes place online and in Boston until May the 22nd. And among a number of standout items is the joystick from the Apollo 15 lunar module, which goes on the block with a starting bid of US dollars From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ, Dateline 2014. SGARS 80 metre trophy contest, July 26. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 2 and 3. WIA Remembrance Day, DRD Contest, August 16 and 17. Manual Ringer Radio Society's Flagpole Contest, September. Amateur Radio's International Air Ambulance Week, nine days from September 28. Special Event Stations, DX Beacon, Repeater and Net Advice. VI2R. The Road to International Convention will be in Sydney, Australia on June the 1st to the 4th and in the House of Friendship and Special Operators of Site will use a special event called sign VI2R Worldwide. Registrations commence May 30 and RI President Ron Burton and Rotary members from around the world will be raising money for polio eradication while attempting to break a world record for the largest group of climbers on the Sydney Harbour Bridge at one time on the 31st of May. Rotarians on Amateur Radio are expected to begin using VI2R from May 31 as they invite fellow Rotarians visiting Sydney who also have a licence to get on the air. The Mount Gambier Convention in South Australia has a special event call sign VI50CONV. It's to be on the air throughout the month. The convention is over the Queen's birthday weekend with the Australian Fox Hunting Championships on June the 7th and 8th and Sniffer Hunt at 11am on Saturday. The Scout Hall in Margaret Street, Mount Gambier, is the event venue with fox hunts, stalls, a homebrew competition and catering. New Thigh Club Station on the Air E21EIC has told the Ohio Pendix newsletter that he has received a new Thailand club call sign of E20AX that will be hosted by his station. This new call will be used for training new hams, for contest operations and by guest operators. South Cork Islands Four members of the Amato Amateur Radio Club will be in Rarotonga in the South Cork Islands, May 22nd to the 31st. Activity will be on all high-frequency bands using CWSSB and RITI. QSL via each operator's home call sign via the Bureau. Media Watch, the 5 MHz newsletter. The latest Spring 2014 edition of the 5 MHz newsletter is now available for free download in PDF format. This 10th edition features new allocations, WRC 2015 preparation news from the US, a US amateur government ALE inoperability exercise, a ground antenna for 5 MHz, UK Cold War communications using 5 MHz, and various updates on 5 MHz activity in a number of countries. And now from Sunny Ingham, it's yours truly, Felix VK4FUQ. It's to the cold spot on our continent and VK3SN. 2014 Burgong High Plains Winter Mini Expedition. 
Victoria's annual Bogong High Plains Winter Mini Expedition will occur from the 31st of July to the 4th of August this year. The team will include VK3 Golf Tango, VK3 Foxtrot Mike Alpha Whiskey and VK3 Sierra November, who will operate from 160 metres to 70 centimetres and everything in between using solar-powered QRP gear. Each day, we will ski across snowy plains situated 1,700 metres above sea level and set up camp by evening for radio operation. Listen out for us, especially on 40 metres during the late afternoon and also 80 metres each evening. Local VHF and UHF repeaters will be utilised while we traverse backcountry mobile. Here's now hoping for some decent snowfalls. Across Australia from VK1WIA... You're tuned to the WIA National News Service in Kempsey on 7146 kHz at 10am. I'm VK2TV Ray Wells and I'm on air at Community Station 2WET, Tank FM 103.1. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. 434 MHz balloons have a role in education. The UK Department of Education has selected the Horizon Balloon Project to feature in the department's Your Life campaign to promote maths and science. Pupils at Queen Mary's Grammar School, Walsall, built the Gagarin payload, which transmitted FSK RITI telemetry data on 434.075 MHz. The students launched it on a high-altitude weather balloon, which reached an altitude of 35,118 metres before bursting. The Gagarin payload returned safely to Earth by parachute and the students were able to retrieve the stunning images and video taken in near space. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Amity Young Timers. Our latest WIA figures tend to indicate that amateur radio is currently not overly attractive to young people despite the Foundation licence showing some promise in early years. This entry level has been a welcome stepping stone into the hobby, with the healthy upgrading to higher licence, or, for some, having a taste of the hobby then deciding it's not for them. The WIA annual figures showed that it's only got 27 student members and those aged 10 to 29 account for 3% of all members. Since 2009, when about 750 foundation licence assessments were held, there has been a steady decline with 414 new foundation licences issued in 2013. With the passage of 10 years, the question is being asked whether the Foundation Licence has the right mix of privileges and its relativity to standard and advanced licences. Yet the Foundation Licence remains popular, with 2,300 on issue, slightly more than the standard or middle-level licence, and there are nearly 10,000 advanced licences in issue. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Getting ready for natural and man-made disasters. The Malaysian Amateur Radio Transmitter Society, or MARTS, on Saturday, May the 10th, held an MCOM Go Box contest to show how to pack the minimum essential equipment to enable a lightweight, rugged, yet portable emergency communication station. MARTS wanted local radio amateurs in West Malaysia to produce a complete compact station to provide the communication support if requested by the authorities. And there was a talk by Johnny Tan, 9M88DB, on the use of IARU message form by radio amateurs as a means of better emergency communication message handling, especially during large-scale disaster events with volunteers from other regions and countries. 
The judges used the school ground at Kuala Lumpur, where Dean Atten, 9M2DA, and Johnny Tan, 9M8DB, both were very impressed with the level of interest and cooperation. In all, 12 teams ended with categories covering HF and UHF and VHF only. All were required to demonstrate the ease of setting up a station. This setup was timed with points given in addition to those for the design and communications facilities provided. Each MCOM GO box was judged on its merits. Johnny 9M8DB said that entrants were congratulated on their ability to come up with solutions. While some had a different approach, it was a good learning experience by the entrants and observing public who saw the volunteer skills and time available from radio amateurs in times of emergency. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Well, you know what's happened. We've reached the end of WIA National News. On the social scene this weekend, May 16 through to 18, in VK4, it's the WIA Conference. And in June, June 7 to 9, in VK2, it's the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club's Field Day at Port Macquarie. And June 7 to 9 in VK5, it's the Southeast Radio Group's 50th Annual Convention and the Australian Fox Hunting Championship. Now, until next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Just with a little reminder for our rebroadcasters, if you'd like to record us a new ID for use in this next WIA year, then feel free, go right ahead and email it to us. ASAP, and we'll start getting those to air next week here on WIA National News. Till then, walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.